Hello and welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. Get it straight. This is the only podcast in human history where two brothers talk about something they like, and that's something's comic books. I'm one of the two brothers slash kind of comedians slash um, human being. My name's Will Hines. And my name is Kevin Hines. So we're brothers, and mm-hmm. um, we think that's interesting. Yeah. And we like and comic we, books. we both know how to talk. Oh, yeah. For a while. Yeah. We're, yeah. I'd say we're pretty good. We're above average speaking persons. Oh, easily. We're comfortably above average. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I mean, I would say o- over par, which is bad. Yeah. So below par? I don't know how to work this metaphor, yeah. but we're good at Let's it. Let's just and say par. <laughs> Let's play it safe. Yeah. We're good at <laughs> making words, but when it comes to analogies and metaphors, we're not good. So, yeah, yeah. you know. You don't need that for this. Uh, yeah, we're not good at your fancy talking. With yeah, your, your analogies and your similes and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, no, like, no, no. We can't do that stuff. Literary devices and and rhetor- mm. rhetoric, we can't do it. But um, just yeah. like subject, verb, object, look out, baby. Stringing words together into recognizable communication devices. Yes, well we over 75%. That. Yeah, so, that's right. We are in the middle of our talking about Busick season where we're going over some of our favorite works of the incredible comic book writer, Kurt Busick. Yeah, we've talked about Marvels and mm-hmm. Untold Tales of Spider-Man and the Thunderbolts, Thunderbolts already. Yeah, and today we're going to do the Avengers. And um, Kevin, it's one of those things where it's sort of a crime that we're only devoting one episode to the Avengers because you could do like a lot. You could do, you a do lot two easily. <laughs> you could easily do two. <laughs> You could do a ton, you know, say two yeah. episodes on the Avengers. Um, but before we get into that, Will, we yeah, have we something have a, to it. We have another uh, giveaway. Another giveaway, yeah. And this is a, Kevin, this one's good. I didn't, I didn't want to say it before, but the last one was garbage. Yeah. First appearance of Forge. Who cares? Who cares, right? And, and whatever the other one was. Oh, Dark Knight Returns. You know, <laughs> Dark Knight you know, Returns, a nothing comic book. A nothing non important comic book. Zero impact on the comic book industry. But finally, a but good for, one. But this is a good one. Those obviously were good too. But this is um this is Astros. you can't enter those, so they're bad now. They're they're irrelevant at least. They're, yeah. Um uh, yeah, we've got uh, uh, a Kurt Busick comic. Yeah, Astro City number one. Ooh, baby. Mm-hmm. So this is we're gonna raffle this off with our partners, um, shortboxed. So you go to shortbox.com slash screw it, Kevin. That might be something you would type in to say a web browser. Got it. Um, whether it was on your phone or a laptop or something like that. Yeah. And then you just enter your email and you're in the in the drawing to win a 9.6 rated copy of Astro City number one, which is a superb comic book, Kevin. With a great uh, Alex Ross cover. Well, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we are big fans of Astro City, but it's one of the great Astro City issues, I would say. Yeah, we'll be talking about Astro City uh, in a couple of weeks. Yeah, um, so... So uh, if you don't know what Astro City is, uh, we'll talk about it in a couple of weeks. The contest will still be running at that point, but mm-hmm. don't wait. Don't wait. Because if you enter first, your your name will float to the top probably. Yeah, that's not verifiable. Please don't take my brother's words as actual mm. advice. Over the best way to win contests is get your name in there first. And it floats to the top of the internet. Again, so when I they think randomly select it, it gets a better chance. To, yeah, just want everyone to know that's just a superstition Kevin's saying and should not be taken as something with, with raffles, you want your name to float to the bottom. With the internet, you want it to float to the top. Virtually mm-hmm. speaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
So Kevin, last time I set a goal of wanting five people to enter. I never found out how many people did enter, but I'm going to set my goal this time. I heard it was four. Rumors were it was four people. Well, then I think I didn't set my goals high enough. And this time I'm going for 10. I want 10 people to enter this contest. Sure. Now, we definitely have more than 10 listeners. Yeah, we have like a, thousands of listeners. Yeah. And I'm That's hoping that 10, 10 right? of them will go to this URL. That's for 1%. Free. Is that 1%? Um, of one, it's at least one percent of our listeners. We promise to be good at words, not math, but I think it's a, it's at least one percent. So, you know, you it's for free. You enter if your we, email. Address. If we have just a thousand, a thousand even listeners, it'd be one percent. We have more than that, so it's less than a percent. But we kind of our numbers we vary. It kind of goes from like fifteen hundred will be like the ones that you and I are most excited about. Yeah, yeah. And then if we do like secret wars, it's like five thousand or something like that. You know. Yeah, that's so, all they want. That's all they want. When Chris Gethard comes on, Gethard gives us a bump. Ackerman gives us a bump. Yeah. You know? Get one of those people to come back and enter this contest. Gethard gives us a 10, no more. problem. Claremont, Chris Claremont gives us a bump. You know, one of the most important writers in the history of superhero comics, that gave us a bump. Yeah, if he had mentioned it on his Twitch, if, if uh, Chris Claremont had mentioned it on his Twitch stream, that would have helped. Sure. When, he's playing, uh, when he's playing Elden, Elden Ring. Elden, is that it? Elder oh, yeah. Ring? Claremont's a huge Twitch gamer. <laughs> He just That'd starts up the game and he's like, I wouldn't have him do this. I wouldn't have him do this either. <laughs> um, and then John Burns got a competing Twitch stream, which he just redoes what Claremont does, but says that he's doing it better. Yeah. Does that follow? All right, Some anyway. of it's, yeah, I don't know if that any of that's accurate to who they are to each other, but uh, we don't know either. Not they, far off. I don't know. Who are they? Uh, we so, don't know. yeah. So enter the contest, folks, at least 10 of you. Shirtbox.com slash screw it. And get it, and you also get, you do what uh, they send you a coupon. Um, it's ten or fifteen dollars off your first short boxed purchase, and so that's what that's what's in it for them. Okay, but you're under under no obligation to use that. So this is really just a free drawing. Yeah, and short box if if you like buying uh, graded comic books, it's a great site for that. But let's just focus on winning something from these guys. Let's just focus on winning something. We do like these guys a lot. We think they are they're super nice. They're nerds. nice to us. They're nice to us, and we they are passionate about trying to do a good job at what they do. So we're 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 in favor. And some and of them listen to our podcast, so I guess they one. maybe can't enter. Maybe they can't enter, and we can't enter, right? I think we can, but I, I don't know. <laughs> let's if we can. do it. If it doesn't win, feel right. It, it feels really <laughs> wrong if we won. I mean, I would love it if we won. Uh, if we won, I would copy of Astro City number one. I'd feel obligated to re-raffle it off. <laughs> Then we'd have two drawings, like the short box drawing and then your personal drawing to give back what you won from a previous <laughs> yeah, short yeah, box yeah. drawing. All right. So, uh, Kevin, this episode, we're getting into the Avengers. Yeah. So what's the plan here? What are we going over? Um, so we're going to oh, what issue numbers was it? Was it 19? I think it's 19, 20, 21 and 22. Yeah. The, so the Ultron saga. I turned my back and started talking to the microphone. I bet that read well. Uh, what well, we are as pros, like we've, we, we know <laughs> what we're doing. I can talk, but I can't necessarily aim it towards microphones 24-7, you know? Microphones weren't invented until you were like 45 years old. Isn't that right? Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> um, so you're still new to them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, Avengers. Uh, so obviously people know what the Avengers are. It's a major motion picture. Mm -hmm. It is the uh, 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 A-list superhero of the marvel universe mm -hmm. and it, it has been basically the the, the gathering of all their best heroes yeah. onto a team um or really it's like their best heroes other than like 
at least initially Spider-Man and the FF, right? It was like the That's best right. of the rest. Uh, the original Avengers lineup was the Hulk, uh, Giant Man, or Ant-Man rather, with the Wasp, Iron Man, and Thor. Uh, and then later on, Hulk left and Captain America joined. And then it like went through tons and tons of lineup changes. Yeah. But it sort of became like uh, the big team of the Justice League of um, the Marvel Universe. Uh, and then with the movie kind of has almost elevated it to like another level. Uh, it has become like it's just a property. Everyone knows who it is. It feels silly that I'm explaining to you listeners who the Avengers are. Right. But for, you know, like any comic book, there is long stretches of the Avengers being good. And there's long stretches of the Avengers being bad. Yes. And the Avengers was one of these books. We talked about this a little bit uh, during the Thunderbolts episode, but the Avengers were one of these books that was not selling. And so they canceled it. Along this with is the in Fantastic the mid nineties. Yeah. They canceled uh, Avengers and Fantastic Four and Captain America and Iron Man and gave them to Rob Leefield and Jim Lee and said, you guys make comic books with these characters. And so for a year, the Avengers were made by uh, Rob Leefield, I think. Uh, yeah, because Jim Lee did Iron uh, Jim Lee did Iron Man and Fantastic Four, and Rob Liefeld did Captain America and the Avengers. And um, I think it was not great personally. Okay. My my okay. personal take on those comics where they were bad. Um, but uh, when they came back, uh, there was like renewed interest from Marvel to like make the Avengers work, and so they reached out to one of the great artists in the game, George Perez. Right. I said, we want you to do the Avengers. And George Perez said, oh, I'd love to draw the Avengers. I want to prove to people. This is a guy who had done Infinity Gauntlet and Crisis and New Titans and in a run on Avengers and Fantastic Four already. Yes. Uh, and Justice League. And he was like, I want to prove to people that I can do a monthly comic again. <laughs> oh, and Wonder Woman. He also had a huge influential run on Wonder Woman. And at this point, he had done everything. Nothing to prove. And he's like, I want to prove to people I can do a monthly comic. But I don't think I could write Avengers well enough. So I want to bring somebody in who really knows uh, Marvel. And on his short list was Kurt Busick, who said, yes, okay. I'm not stupid. I will do the Avengers, one of the books I've always wanted to do with one of the great artists in the game. And so they relaunched Avengers with a new number one issue. And uh, Kurt and George did it. And it, they ran it together, I think, for 24 issues. And the other artists came in with Kurt for a while. Uh, but we're covering a four-issue run called Ultron Unleashed. Yes. Which I think is like the um, basically the classic big battle Avengers story and probably the best one of Kurt's run. Okay. And so that's why we picked that. So that's a lot of just babble about this. I, I appreciated it. Uh, I also think Avengers is probably like Kurt, we've talked about Thunderbolts, which was like a high concept idea. We've mm -hmm. talked about Untold Spider-Man, which is like sort of a set in the past kind of weird story we talked about marvels which was sort of this um re-looking at old stories with a new lens yeah but also like sort of a, a, a prestige project but the avengers mm -hmm. was like his this is you know this is yeoman's work this is like yeah. journeyman show up every day and write your superhero story this is your tried and true comic book book and he knocked it out of the park this was the first avengers title i ever read okay um, I would then go back to read Roger Stern's run, which was really good. I probably had read a few issues of the Stan Lee run and maybe a couple issues of random people here and there. But um, I was not an Avengers fan by any point. But by this point, I'm a Kurt Busiek fan. And uh, I was like, I'm reading Avengers. 
And it just made me love this team. Yeah. What do you think it was? What, what What's good about Kurt's run that maybe was missing for from what you see from other people's sure. runs? Well, first of all, I didn't read other people's runs at this point, so I don't know what was missing. Okay, so leaving out yeah, the inevitable war against other creators that I will try to bait you into. Mm-hmm. What was it about Kurt's run that you liked? Well, uh, he writes, first of all, I think he writes the characters really well, mm-hmm. but he also writes them really well. And like, I don't think I had a great feel for who really Captain America was in the comics or Iron Man was in the comics or Hawkeye or really any of these characters, Thor. Right. I had not, at this point, I still had not read Walt Simonson's Thor. Right. So it wasn't like I was going and going, got to get Thor right. I was just like, man, these are the main characters that I started just. Yeah, avoiding. you know what they look like. You kind of know their general power set, maybe. Yeah. I was too busy reading Spider Man and Power Pack and <laughs> like random titles around the outskirts, but not like this main team. So he does a really good job of both like showing you who these characters were, like their personality and behavior was. Yeah. But also showing like why those personalities were cool. Like he wasn't okay. reinventing Captain America. He wasn't changing who Iron Man was. He wasn't like saying, oh, now and now in this book, Thor is going to be a skater guy who's like hip and cool. He's like, this mm-hmm. is just Thor and Thor is cool as he is with yeah. all. And like this is Thor with his, you know, uh, Shakespearean and doubts and yeah. must die and. Which is I, I, a warrior born, doth hold a heavy heart to put my hammer down in this instance. Which has been really pulled back after the Chris Hemsworth movies. But this time it was still full on there. And, you know, he steers into that. And, you know, Captain America is like this, you know, believe in, believe in good, you know, make a big speech kind of character. And he, Mm -hmm. but he like makes all this stuff cool. I don't know. Like he digs in those characters, goes, this works. I believe this works. This is the stuff I loved. Yeah, I'm going to show you the reader why I love all these characters. Yeah, we a phrase that I think you you said is a sort of like a back to basics, and and maybe I'll amend that and say back to basics, but good. Like like he understands how they have already worked well, and he can kind of bring that to the forefront. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't need to do a gimmick or a new twist. He's he's like, nope, these guys are already good. I know I know how they how they operate. Yeah, and um. I don't a lot know of that when... is in dialogue, I think, because like in these team books, like you don't get a ton of like real estate for any one character mm-hmm. um, consistently. You know, a lot of times there's like four of them in a panel and they each chime in on a thing. So you have to kind of like show their personalities like in dialogue, which was something that Stan was pretty good at. Um, yeah. You know, Stan gets criticized for you for not doing plots or not coming up with character designs, but he was he was pretty solid at like the dialogue, you know, like Johnny was Johnny and Ben was Ben on the Fantastic Four. But Kurt Kurt is really good at that on the Avengers, yeah. you know, like you, you, you get a feel for what they might be. And this, of course, is before the MCU starts. There's you don't have Robert Downey Jr. in your mind when Iron Man's talking. It's just yeah. what Kurt's telling you. You also um, have the issue. And this is true of like uh, any big team book that is like a uh, rotating lineups is like the big, most famous characters also have their own books. There is a captain America book being written by Mark Wade at this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think there was a Thor book, but there was going to be shortly. Sure. Uh, there was an Iron Man book. It happened to be also written by Kurt Busiek, but you can't have big things happen to those characters in your Avengers book, but they're also the characters. Most people are turning in to see. So yeah. you're relegated to like make things happen with Scarlet, Witch and mm-hmm. vision and the new members, justice and Firestar. Right. Like those are the characters that aren't in other books right now. So you have a little more leeway with, 
but you still have to like use those main characters because like that's the heart of your book. Um, so it's sort of a nice balancing act, like make Captain America cool, but make all the stories revolve around Scarlet Witch or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I've never really read the Avengers just like you. I mean, I think I've read like a handful of the Stan Lee books um, and I've read a smattering here or there for whatever reason, you know, I would get directed to an Avengers story because of a crossover with a title I was reading, or maybe just yeah. it, it'd be in a collection of some kind. And I would end up reading like an issue or two or something yeah. like that. But probably not, the most Avengers we had read was secret wars. Probably. Yeah. Which had a lot of Avengers in it. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 you know, it wasn't part of my like upbringing, you know, these guys were all over the Marvel universe in the background, but just like you said, I was an FF and Spidey guy and a little bit X-Men. Um, X-Men weren't popular enough for me, so I never dove in, but um, yeah, yeah, they were only number one all the time, but I, so, you know, reading these issues for this episode was maybe the most Avengers I've read in a while. We, we read the four Ultron series and then JLA Avengers. Wait, we doing that in another episode or are we doing that today? Uh, we're, we'll talk about it briefly. I don't think we're going to dig into it deep. Um, okay. Did we okay. say we were going to? I can't remember what we said. We, were we didn't say. It. We didn't say that. Um, yeah, I think it was just four issues was plenty. And also, yeah, right. I didn't want to make you read eight issues. I didn't think you'd get through all eight. I did. Well, uh, you made me into a liar. Mm-hmm. That was my goal. And I, like I wasn't that. motivated to, but I was like, Kevin, I'll look bad. Let me let me finish this. Yeah. Okay. So uh-huh. what, what what I noticed about these issues, Kevin, I'll tell you, just as a neophyte to the Avengers, and you you at some point read all of Busick's run. I'm guessing, or a lot of. Yes, it. I did read it all. Okay. So what I noticed is a lot of what I've already noticed is great about Busick, which is he manages like complicated plots really well. Like it's pretty easy. I'm not going to say 100 percent easy because I did get lost sometimes. But he labels the moving parts very clearly so that even if you don't have an intimate history of the character, you can follow this story. Like, I don't know a lot about Wonder Man, right? But, you know, he would tell me what I needed to know about Wonder Man. Like in the story that we read, he's dating Scarlet Witch, who's Vision, right. who's the Vision's ex. And his brain was used as a template for Vision. So there's sort of weird dynamics between those three. Okay, great. Yeah. I need to know that. And it is told to me at the exact right time in a little concise dialogue. It's even kind of fun. He's really a master at just like managing backstory. Right. And he's not hitting you with all the other things about Wonder Man that you don't need to know for this story. Like the yeah. other stuff that's probably going on with these characters. And if it's not important to this storyline, it's not going to come up probably uh, because otherwise you're just overburdened with like, oh, Wonder Man was incorporeal when this Avengers run first started. Like you don't need to know that right here. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that, that, that I think is an, an a, something that can go unnoticed, but just like, because really what he's doing is removing clutter, mm-hmm. um, but he's, he's good at it. He's also good at sort of giving a lot of individuals, their own individual sort of arc and kind of just helping you notice it as it happens, you know, like, uh, you know, Wanda Scarlet, Witch, and vision, you know, are broken up at this point and she's with vision, but there's a lot of like tension between them over this Ultron story. There's a lot of like couple stuff over the, all the Ultron, the four mm. issues that we read, like Hank, Pym, yeah. giant man and wasp giant man created Ultron. And so he's going through agony and wasp has had her own very t- turbulent history with him, but their loyalty to each other is part of it. Scarlet, Witch envisions loyalty to each other. Ultron talks about family. That's like a big theme throughout, and and Kurt will kind of highlight it with everybody. 
Yeah. In a, in a nice way. Like, I don't know. They're, they're, it's easy to read, I guess. And, I'm, all, I'm, and also like in a good action story, most of these characters get like a big moment too in the fight. I don't know if they all do. I don't know if like Wonder Man really gets a big moment in the fight, but almost he all of them definitely does like over the least... course of the four issues. There's one. There's one battle where he's the last man standing. And okay. like Yeah. So there's definitely like they all have like a moment where they kind of do something cool, and it's you know the hero shot for each of them. Thor gets a bunch of them. He's really great in the story, even though he's not like emotionally as connected to the story. He has the big gun, and he has some great moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think that's also just like a fun thing. Like sometimes you read these comics and it's like, oh, I'm reading this because I'm whatever, a Justice fan. And if he didn't do anything in the storyline, I'd be like, ah, four issues, Justice on the bench the whole time. This sort of stinks. But he gets to do really fun, cool stuff too. Like everyone gets their moment. Yep. They all get to be a hero in some way or another. They all feel very essential for the victory. Um, you know, one thing that I, I was admiring, there are so many powers in play because there's so many characters that like, I don't know. In a in a way, you could sort of just declare them winners or losers whenever you want. Like you could sort of justify a victory or a loss just by deciding that Iron Man has some gimmick, you know what I mean? Or Captain America willpower mm-hmm. something or uh, into what, you know, he just decides he's going to yeah. win because he's good or whatever. Um, I mean, it would take more work than that, but that does feel somewhat available. And he does a good job of like, playing fair with those rules like he sort of earns he creates circumstances that takes out major options so they can't win that easily um and then he he'll like you know like ultron's made of adamantium right so they can't they can't defeat him and then they reveal that scarlet which used to have a spell that could scramble his insides but then she's knocked out for a lot of the fight and so he kind of like lets you know what the boundaries are so that you are suddenly invested just in the puzzle of it, mm-hmm. like the, the superpower puzzle. I mean, I know, I know stories are all about character and feeling or whatever, but I'm also in this for the superpowers and Busick manages that part really fun. I mean, you can, you can tell that he was a kid who probably just pretended to be a superhero <laughs> for years. And like, what would I do with these powers? What would yeah. I, you know, there's that kind of feel in it. There's like a, there's like a smart kid playing with action figure feel to these comics so i don't think we're, we're not going to go page by page these four issues because it's too much but what is since you just read it today will right yeah what i just give read me the, give me the four pay the four issue synopsis uh of the story just the big beats the big beat this is this ultron comes back ultron which is this like super intelligent android who wants to kill all humans and replace with a robot race is back he's been defeated before and now he's back more powerful than ever mm-hmm um, and so this is the four issues of how the Avengers discover that he's back and what's different about him this time and how they defeat him. What's basically different. Now, I, okay. I did get confused in some parts, Kevin. So please correct okay. me if I'm wrong, but basically he um, there's a number of things that are different. He first, there's a lot more of him. It's revealed at one point. <laughs> yeah. So instead of just one Ultron, there's like hundreds and hundreds of them, which is sort of yeah. a massive reveal halfway through the story. Uh, also, his underlings who seem to hate him, but also are causing mayhem, his ex-wife or whatever, the the robot that begins with like, what's it, Alakazam? What's her name? Alkama or something. I don't yeah, know yeah, exactly yeah. either. She she was like some sort of like bride of Frankenstein for Ultron, mm-hmm. but now she doesn't like him. But she still is a foe that yeah. does some damage to the Avengers. Um, 
and and so the the but the emotional tale here is that giant man hank pym formerly ant-man created ultron so he feels very responsible for ultron's presence ultron also created the vision so vision has a weird emotional link to ultron and ultron's brain was originally based no vision's brain Vision's was based brain. on wonder man so wonder man is kind of a weird like nephew there's a lot of like people who feel like emotionally connected to mm-hmm. ultron and responsible so it's a lot of giant man torturing himself and can he redeem his original sin of creating ultron and the and he's had other huge sins in his life he had a domestic abuse thing with wasp which he feels a uh, uh, understandably hugely guilty about but that yeah. like that that that's a big part of can i prove that i am a good man story will will jan's does jan still love me and am i worth standing by um so and, and oh and what and sort of the mechanics of this ultron takes over an eastern european city called i think country it's i think it's a country country sorry um like some kind of bosnia i think it's slorania Slorania, which I feel is fictional, but basically Balkan area yeah, yeah. country. And um, he murders everybody in that area, and it, it's going to be ground zero for his robot race. So it's a huge, high-scale mm-hmm. murder and crime at the beginning of this. That, yeah, that crime, Avengers, killing everyone in a country. I don't know how you put it. Same, <laughs> you know? Like that sets the scale of the battle. Um, and it's the Avengers put into total fear at the beginning of the story so you know hot this this is like a mcu this was the plot of uh avengers 2 right ultron comes back and kind of wipes out an eastern european country yeah i think it was the probably it feels loosely inspired by this it feels like that was the inspiration for that movie uh, very loosely right yeah um so i mean in that ultron wipes out this eastern european country and stages the big final battle there Mm-hmm. Uh, it's cleaner and sort of more emotional in these four issues, but it's like, it is MCU in that it's like the, the world, the fate of the human race is in the balance. And there's a, just a massively huge massacre at the opening. And how will they defeat him with these new upgraded powers? And he handily wipes out most of the Avengers for the first, like three issues of this book incapacitates them. Um, so I don't know. Really fun would be my response to this. How'd I do? What, what do you think I left out? Uh, and how'd they beat him at the end? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> the final. I don't remember because there there was like a, a a series of waves of like yeah, yeah. of things that like exposed his weaknesses, but it was basically the Scarlet Witch when she's conscious can disrupt his insides just enough to keep him off balance for like Iron Man and the other like beam dudes to like get into his brain. Um, And then finally Hank Pym. Oh, justice realizes some like magic substance from another battle, gives it to Hank Pym and he uses it to redeem himself and, and incapacitate Ultron. Yeah, and I think also like vision hacks the system too. Like they all kind of come. Like, this is one of those yeah, that's what I mean. They have they, to kind of. They all sort of did their thing, right? Justice has a broken leg, so he's not able to fight, which is he's trying to earn his place. He feels insecure, but he's on the computer and finds like the magic, the magic variety yeah. of vibranium, Antarctic uh, vibranium. Yeah, which like helps, which is a in a curt like manner is a pre-existing thing that existed in old stories that he has dug up as a weakness for Ultron. Yeah, and that's definitely another like one of the, you know. 
great Busick things is this. He seems to have read every comic book that has ever been written and have them memorized. And he just like pulls things that were like from 1974 giant size Avengers two, And now that becomes like part of the plot here or something like that. So let's take a short break. And then when we come back, Will, I'm going to ask you what some of your favorite moments were from these four issues. And I'm going to ask you too. I wrote, I won't answer. Hi, this is Kevin. I'm here with my brother, Will, and we are the hosts of Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics, our weekly podcast about comic books. And we want to hear from you. We have a slew of social media accounts, a slew. You can email us at screwitcomics at gmail.com or see us on Instagram at screwitcomics or tweet at us at screwitcomics. So tell us what you think of the comics you like or the comics you don't or things we've talked about on our episodes. Or send us some life advice. You can tell that we need it. Yes. Uh, we might read your message on a future episode of our show. So thanks in advance from Screw It, we're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. And we're back. I'm out of breath from that summary. That really took a lot out of me. You often make me do it, so it's fun to make you do it for once. Yeah, I, I wish, um, I wish, now I know the hell I'm putting you through. <laughs> so I feel pressure that I'm going to uh, get it wrong or describe it poorly, and so I'd rather put that on you. All right. Um, so let's just take turns just talking about certain moments. We can go in any order we want that we just liked from these four issues that stood out to us as fun or interesting or cool or whatever you want it to be. Since I just did the big summary, why don't you go first? All right, we'll put you yeah. on the spot here a little bit first, and then I'll go after you. I mean, the most famous, when I think of this four issues, the first thing that always pops in my mind is the moment where the, the, basically the war team, which was like Thor, Captain America, Firestar, and Iron Man, who are like fighting their way into this country to save the family, Ultron's family Avengers, which is Wonder Man and Vision and uh, Scarlet Witch. And, and they the burst Reaper, into weirdly. the Grim Reaper because he is Wonder, Wonder Man's, Man's brother. brother. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, generally when you have a brother, there's a good one and there's an evil one. Mm hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I can't think of what you're referring to when you yeah. say that, but I guess that sounds right. Yeah. And you have a sickle for a hand. Mm -hmm. so you're probably the evil one. Yeah. But, you know, I use this for farming. <laughs> um, but this, the, the moment I always think about when I think of the story is like the big reveal that the other Avengers have arrived at the, the, the stronghold base in the center with Thor standing in this broken down wall saying, Ultron, we would have words with thee. <laughs> Yeah. Which is just really funny. It's a really cool moment. I think they say that line in the uh, Avengers too. I think that line is used, or something like that is definitely said. And it's just a blast. And it's cool, and it like it's a, like a badass moment. And Thor, who is the you know the Superman of this group for what it's worth, is you know just awesome and standing and posing, yeah. and it's super cool. Um, I I do love that moment. It's a great. You know, we're about to throw down feeling. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say a moment I alluded to before, which is when you find out how many Ultrons there are now. Um, for the yeah. first two issues, they make reference to how there was Ultron Mark One and then Ultron Two, and the numbers are relatively low. That's like, oh, then there's there was Ultron Six and Ultron Seven, and, and so they're fighting Ultron like sixteen or something like that, or fifteen or whatever. It yeah, is. yeah, yeah. And there's like a pretty pronounced prolonged battle with the war team that you just described. And they do successfully take, I think it's Ultron 16 down. Um, and they're like, okay, good. But then there's Ultron 17 steps out. They're like 17. And then inside the headquarters, we see Ultron 23 
And then like 453 steps. They have numbers in their forehead. So then mm-hmm. like Ultron 453 steps. Out it was really show. nice of him to label as Ultrons. I know it's, it's so very, it's very video game to do that. But um, it was like, it did have a dramatic effect to me. I was like, oh, so they got rid of one of them and there's at least 453. And it, yeah. And they went all out to defeat that one. Yeah. So that was, and that's the end of uh, an issue. I think the second to last issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, I mean, that is exciting. Uh, this comic was taking place roughly at the same time as Christopher Priest's excellent Black Panther run. Mm-hmm. Um, and Black Panther's a longstanding Avengers. And so there's a lot of guest stars in this. Like uh, the Black Panther is not a member of the Avengers at this time. But I think he stays with the team after this. And uh, uh, I don't know if Giant Man or Wasp were members at this time. I don't believe they were. Although they're so founding a, members. Founding members, but they're not like current on the roster members. So it's there's right. a lot of added members, but... Uh, I was reading the Black Panther book and loving it. And there was a big moment in Christopher Priest's uh, Black Panther comic where Black Panther reveals to the world that he only joined the Avengers to spy on them because he's like, these are a threat to Wakanda. I will join the team to basically Keep an eye on them. gauge their weaknesses and strengths, infiltrate them, and if I need to, take them down. Um, and it's sort of a huge betrayal of the Avengers uh, and so I, a couple of things I love about this is that Kurt is so good at like weaving in the current status quos of these characters mm-hmm. uh, that Captain America has his like energy shield um, yes. that Firestar was like dying of cancer or something from her own microwave radiation. And one of the things is like Black Panther's kind of become a jerk. Like, yeah, like Christopher Priest comic is basically he's always been a jerk, but he's one of these characters that kind of comes and goes with personality because he doesn't have his own title that much. And Priest really steered into like this silent speaking, all knowing kind of a jerk character, but like, you know, really good as Batman, basically the, like the Batman of the Marvel universe, who, who's kind of always 10 steps ahead of everybody else. Uh, and Kurt brings that in so well. And there's a moment where justice is like, why are justice you- is questioning? Why are we trusting this guy? Didn't he announce that he's a spy or whatever? And Captain America is like, I don't care why he joined the team. He's proven himself to us and it's just like a really great moment it's done a nice exposition but it's also it just kind of weaves that character in so you can just have this character who i'd now grown to love because of this priest book now he's in the avengers i'm like oh cool character i i love is here now this is so fun he just does such an excellent job of that um there's some moment and i'm not going to be able to oh i said one do you want to oh i guess you that was that was me that was okay right so i um did you think i was just Talking, that was a non sequitur. I, I don't know what I thought that was. <laughs> um, there was a moment that it, that it was kind of done with the art, which is Vision is talking to somebody, maybe Ultron about like, or maybe it's another one of the Avengers about like, um, no, I think it's Ultron. It's about like wanting family and like wanting a partner. And Vision kind of looks over his shoulder at the incapacitated Scarlet Witch or something like that, mm-hmm. kind of wistfully. Um, and it was something like, yes, uh, yes, it's, it's something, you know, it's important to hold on to what we loved or whatever. Through this point, Vision had sort of been pretending that he no longer cares for the Scarlet Witch, that his robot brain had been rebooted and that he was fine with her dating Wonder Man. Yeah. And in that moment, he basically reveals, no, I'm still in love with her. I'm a living thing that loves my ex. Yeah. And so it's sort of this big reveal, both for this character thing they've been building, but also like using it in the moment to try to get to Ultron's uh, family uh, drive. 
Yeah. Um, so that, that was, I think it's Ultron talking about like, you know, who, you know, even though I am a robot, I still have feelings or whatever. And it's just a, it's a shot of vision looking over his shoulder at Scarlet Witch. And I was mm-hmm. like, I wonder if Kurt asked for that in the script or if Perez kind of made that decision or both, both of them it doesn't really matter. It was a great moment in the, in the, in the read. Yeah. I feel like we haven't talked enough about the art Perez. Uh, I mean, these are some super busy panels with thousands of robots and, and yeah. And it just, Oh man, it's beautiful. It is amazing how good George Perez was at this point in his career. Like, I don't know how old he was in his career, but he had been drawing Fantastic Four since uh, he started on like the Fantastic Four. I don't even know when we're talking like the seventies. This yeah, is like early. twenty years later. Yeah, and and you could yeah. argue this is his best work he's ever done. Yeah, there's and such I, a I, and we're gonna talk about Justice League Avengers briefly. I think that's even more beautiful. Yeah, that really was so beautiful. good. Um, and you know, it's the density is what's really impressive because there's so many characters, and in this story in particular, there's so many moving parts, uh, and it's all both um clear to look at, pretty at first glance, and often really emotional. I mean, this guy was good at drawing comics. Perez does splash pages, and when some artists do splash pages, you feel like, oh, this is their page. Kind of take it's like a beautiful page, but they're taking it easy because it's like a simple, you know, With a lot one- of space. You know, guy being punched, and it's like, I don't need to do that much. But Perez's splash pages often have 10 times the amount of information that he would have on a normal page. And then often on his splash pages, he still has like eight small panels. It's like a huge battle scene. And then there's like eight little panels along the side for uh, emotional moments. And I'm like, so you didn't even save yourself anything. Yeah. You saved yourself no work with a splash page. Yeah, it really is just to tell the story, which is what makes George so great. He's like, he's not taking shortcuts ever. And this guy thought he had to prove something as he turned out month after month of the best looking comic is unbelievable to me. He should have added like Sergio Aragonis, like little cartoons in the margins also, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that themselves have like 15 characters. Um, yeah, so that, that's really impressive. Um, I have another moment I like, or do you, do you want to no, do No, you go. Okay. Um, this is a silly moment, but I like whenever Jarvis gives justice tea, <laughs> like justice is like, stuck at Avengers mansion because he has a broken leg. And again, he's on the computer doing research, which also lets us, the reader have an excuse to hear about old Ultron Avengers. Cause he's looking through the files. So that lets us like hear about previous Avengers versus Ultron. Um, and Jarvis just brings out T and one of the ways that Kurt tells us that justice is super driven and working nonstop is like the T grows cold. <laughs> I was like, that's very Avengers just to have Jarvis be in here a lot. You know, human Jarvis, not operating system Jarvis. Um, A thing that Kurt does throughout these four issues, and I'm curious what you think of this. I like this, is the captions often tell you how cool the Avengers are. Like there's just moments of like, and they never quit or they don't blink. They they don't stop moving forward. Uh, They're scared, but they, they, uh, they meet the challenge. It's like, all these moments where it kind of captions are basically saying like, they should be terrified here and they are, but they don't let that stop them um, throughout. Or like there's a moment where Firestar is fighting and Black Panther's like, uh, uh, this is what Avengers do or something like that. And then he thinks to himself, why am I even saying this? Look at her. She's endangering her life. She's fried her circuitry that keeps, uh, keeps her alive. Her. And she's still fighting. She's an Avenger. 
And like, there's, that's like a big thing for Kurt's run is like, this person is an Avenger. And that means something that's more than just being power man on the street. It's Avengers like yeah. are like the next level. They have to, like, they're basically going to die in Slorania versus all these Ultron robots. Cause they have to, it's their job that they've given themselves. Yeah, that, that is, uh, I, I, I don't like the sounds of it. It sounds like it would be something that I don't like, but I, it works in the story. So yeah, I, I it, feel it the also same way. Does, it does help you take a breath a little bit. Like I do sometimes feel like, wait, what's happening here. And so those little captions are like, okay, yeah. So they are marshalling their forces to go invade Ultron's little, you know, ground zero country that he burned to a crisp and this is them entering that arena or whatever so it's it's helpful to me as sort of a signpost of where we are yeah i mean it could it should be cheesy or or like i don't know um yeah but there's an earnestness to it and i think that's what i mean when i say like you can feel that kurt really agrees with it like he's not just writing that because you're supposed to he like he does think this about the Avengers and it comes out on the page like that George and Kurt really love these characters and do think they're these. Yeah. There is an enthusiasm heroes. enthusiasm for it. That's really funny. You know, it's interesting is if you think about the original Avengers, Stanley, Jack Kirby, I mean, I think he put them together just for like marketing purposes, right? It's kind of for just sure. like the justice league is selling a lot. So we need a team. I mean, it's, yeah. it's in the introduction to JLA Avengers, but the fantastic four was his initial, um, attempt to compete with the justice league by making a team book, but that they ended up being their own little phenomenon. And then he did the Avengers to be sort of a proper parallel to the justice league. So that's kind of like a cynical, you know, orders from upstairs, create something to sell. Um, And I do think that that is one reason why the Avengers are often uninspired is there's no real story driven reason for them to exist other than it's fun to have all these characters together. And Kurt is good at retroactively, like putting gold underneath this money that was just printed cynically. Like, yeah, he, he retroactively gives them a purpose or he can sort of infer and extract what the identity of an Avenger is and tell you. Yeah, what he's he, arrived at like he he kind of figures out what it should be in a way that's fun even though like captain america iron man and thor sort of feel like they are the avengers the avengers also just feels like a team that anybody could be on sort of like the justice league right justice league should be like superman batman wonder woman but like when we first started reading justice league it was blue beetle and booster gold and, right and like it could just be whoever Rocket that Red. team needs to be whatever editorial decides like editorial decides you can't have any of the main characters you can only have sub characters, then that's but what the mi- team is. But to make it work, you've got to sort of like sell that being on that team means something beyond mm-hmm. the lineup. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a badge of honor. It's like, the, yeah. the, it's like the hall of fame. It's like, you are the best and the brightest. Get you're, in here. You're not you're a, a family. family. You're not a family like the fantastic four. And you're not a family like the mutants that all persecuted are like and protected. The, the, yeah. Or have that connection. These are just, you're just a, group of superheroes and for some of them like justice like it's a huge honor to be on it, the team it's like the firestar it's just like i guess i'll do it yeah uh but like they all step up when you're on that team you can't not yeah it's like the olympic nba team right it's yeah like, it's like you've been chosen to represent the country so you're the best so get out there probably, and win. it should be more important for you to be on the lakers or the celtics where you make all your money but every once in a while an olympic team comes along and that first dream team is this where it's like oh this means something 
that we're all together playing together and we're going to beat the crap out of the other teams. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Kurt recognizes Kurt helps solidify. I'm sure Roger's turn was also good at this in previous writers, but Kurt solidifies. No, this, there is an identity here. Um, he's often good at that. He's often good at taking old stories and decisions that were probably made for various reasons and giving them emotional importance retroactively. Yeah, I think stitching arbitrary and incongruous things together as if they're just one little seamless story. He's really good at that. I really love writers who are good at that, that just sort of like make sense of, you know, yeah, what what was just the nature of a new writer came on and this changed. (laughs) Like he makes it make sense in a story wise. Uh, I think we should talk about Justice League Avengers, but before we do that, do you have anything, because you read a few other issues of the Avengers main comic, do you have anything else you want to say about Avengers in general? Uh, no, that I just I read other issues just to get a little bit more of a sample of Busick's. I read the first two issues, and then I read yeah. the Jerry Ordway, two issues two issues of the Jerry Ordway run that came right before the Ultron story. Yeah, there's, like um, fill, there's a two-issue fill-in by Jerry Ordway, but it's also nice that like it wasn't just a fill in because things happened in the, like, that's where justice breaks his leg. So it does end up mattering. It's a little more than just a, a fill in, which is Jerry nice. Ordway's a legend too. It's fun that, that yeah. Kurt, who's still one of the new guard at this point is working with the old guard. Oh, I also like that. It was dedicated to Roy Thomas, like the Ultron story at the end is dedicated to Roy Thomas, who was the first writer after stan lee like the first staff writer at marvel comics and i bet was the one who created ultron he created ultron and the vision and a lot of and he did the avengers and he did a lot of work on the avengers and but so roy thomas is not a name that gets heralded a lot as one Mm -hmm. of the great marvel writers if you're a marvel historian you know his name he's the guy who wrote all the books after stan he's hugely important but he is not seen as like one of the super inspired creators, rightly or wrongly, but he's, he's just not one of those names that gets like raved about. So for Kurt to kind of take a moment and pay respect to him, I thought was kind of sweet and also maybe fitting because, you know, Roy's a guy who showed up and wrote tons of stories and had to be loyal to the things that Stan and Jack and Steve had put together. Stan, Jack and Steve had no boundaries. Yeah. Probably Roy had to was, respect those boundaries and and carry them forward a, another couple steps. And probably just for the reasons you were saying earlier, like that, that the Avengers was just sort of thrown together because why not? Yeah. Uh, by Stan. But like Stan and Jack cared about the Fantastic Four and they grew to exactly. care about Thor and they yes. and Stan loved Spider-Man with Ditko. Right. Like most of these other big titles, like there was so, someone cared about that character, but he probably never cared about the Avengers. And maybe Roy Thomas was the first one that came in and like, made it work yeah so i feel like by kurt endorsing him it's kind of like hey you're a guy maybe doesn't get the name recognition doesn't get the credit you deserve with modern fans so i'm gonna yeah i'm gonna shout you out here because when you think about avengers at least pre uh, brian michael bendis's run you would hear kurt's name you'd hear roger stern's name you probably hear shooter's name uh, and then I guess it's probably Roy Thomas is the other name, but he was so long ago that I bet I didn't hear his name very much as a kid. After uh, WandaVision came out, I, I was like, who created Vision? And I looked up and was surprised to learn it was Roy Thomas who created the Vision mm-hmm. um, and Scarlet Witch, I think. So I don't know. It just I, I always kind of like it when creators shout somebody out. It's kind of a sweet moment. I mean, I, I like that. think you're wrong. I think Steve Ditko created vision and scarlet witch but uh, uh somehow believe, somehow yeah. steve did but officially it's credited to sure, okay yeah 
Steve was good about sharing the credit. <laughs> um, so we also read Justice League Avengers, or you did. I didn't know you were going to read that until a few minutes ago. Um, I reread it because I think it's I oh, anytime I have an excuse to reread it. It's tough to it, it's tough to talk about that comic mostly because it is not easy to get now. It's not on any of the streaming services. I lent you my collection, Will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Thank so you. you. You can't watch it on Marvel Unlimited. You can't read it on Marvel Unlimited. You can't read it on DC Infinity because it's got both these universes and it doesn't get reprinted often. They just reprinted like a limited run to raise money for George for Perez in, in honor of in uh, honor of George Perez. Yeah. George Perez. Um, and I had bought it when it first came out because uh, I think I'm, did I buy the single issues? I probably did, but I definitely bought the trade. So I have like the first edition soft cover trade. There's been some better versions, some hardcover versions that were really good, but I have the soft cover version. Anyway, um, it is a crossover between the Avengers and the Justice League. It is fun because it, it sort of, uh, uh, there was a bunch of crossovers with Marvel and DC for a while. And then there was supposed to be an Avengers Justice League crossover drawn by George Perez. I I think written by Len Wein, maybe I can't remember. And it just didn't happen for whatever reason. There was a fight between shooter and whoever was editing DC and it just sort of all fell apart and it never happened. And people didn't get paid for the work they did. And and then it was just like, there were no crossovers for a long time. Right. And then there were crossovers again happening. Like Marvel and DC were friendly again. And Marvel was not owned by Disney yet. So there was like a looseness to it. And, uh, since there weren't these big movies, Warner Brothers wasn't paying attention to DC. So they just started doing a bunch of crossovers again. And then George Perez. I mean, I remember reading Superman, Spider-Man. Right. That's the original crossover. Yeah. Right? The original one. I remember reading that one. Yeah. Only. There was like another burst of these crossovers that basically happened in the nineties. Okay. And um, George Perez got a job for this company called CrossGen, And his contract was, had a loophole that if he was offered uh, justice league Avengers, <laughs> he could do it. He could leave his contract <laughs> without like repercussions. That was the only way he would do this contract. He's like, if this comes up, I just don't want to not get it. And so when Marvel and DC heard that, they're like, oh, let's make it happen. This guy wants yeah. it so bad. He worked it into a contract. Yeah. And so they did, they made it happen for George in a way. And it is a dense comic book. This is a yes. thick comic book. These are not 22 page issues. These are like 40 page issues. I think it is long and dense and every character who's ever been on either team at least shows up for a panel because George Perez drew it. The covers are filled with thousands of characters. People, There's also like a thing about reality being unreliable. So people change into earlier versions of themselves. Yes. At this time, Barry Allen and how Jordan didn't exist, but they can they show up for some time anyway. Uh, you can see old costumes of characters. It is a blast, I think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is it? the it is it was really fun. It was really exciting. I got very confused often <laughs> with the plot and the battles. I didn't recognize. I'm going to say at least 25 percent of these people at all. Um, so sometimes there'd be just like an image of like somebody from DC punching somebody from Marvel, and I'd be like, I don't know who either of those guys are. Sometimes I would recognize one of them. Sometimes yeah. I would recognize both and it'd be kind of interesting. But you know, but those characters probably were like one panel offs, right? Like those are the characters. Yeah, yeah. There was nothing, nothing there was nothing I, I could follow the main story. Um it was a definitely a labor of love. Uh it was funny to read the Ultron thing and then this, because they're both like stakes sky high, yeah, yeah. tons <laughs> of battles, you know, pulling old pieces of comics lore out of your back pocket to justify how you can win this impossible 
problem sort of yeah. stuff. It's it's really fun too. Like they there's a story reason built in to make Captain America and Superman not trust each other because I, I sort of think like it must be there because otherwise like those guys would be like, let's not fight them right away. Let's get to know them and see if they're good. Oh, they are. Let's work together. But you kind of want these teams to fight a little bit. Yeah. So there's like a story reason why like Captain America and Superman are like affected by these merging of the universes and just are instantly distrustful of each other in a way that the rest of the team is like, what's going on with? Yeah. You sure you shouldn't at least talk a little or whatever. Uh, and that's really fun. I think just to give you that excuse. So you they, get they to show have the, like the, Thor and Superman just duke it out. Like Thor's going to fight. If someone wants to fight, Thor's in. A, yeah. Superman Thor's like a guy in the bar. Who's like always number two into the brawl, no matter what. It's like, are we fighting? <laughs> Yeah, uh, they also make fun differences in the personality of the Earths. Like the Marvel Earth doesn't like its heroes as much, and it's kind of more broken. The DC world's portrayed as more like sunny, and mm -hmm. they all love their good guys, and there's less yeah. problems for them. There's little physics them. reasons. Like the DC Earth is described as being bigger, which is yeah. why there's more cities. Like there's both Gotham yeah. and Metropolis and New York City. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, that kind all of that, all that stuff's fun. There's also like the third issue, sort of is it the third issue or the fourth issue has like a brief merging. period where it seems like, yeah, what if these characters crossed over all the time instead of like Justice League, Justice Society crossovers and Avengers, uh, 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 Squadron Supreme crossovers? There were you know, Avengers, Justice League crossovers all the time, so right. they all know each other and have parties together, and that was a blast, I think. I mean, it is it is fan service a lot. Oh, right? yeah. It's like it's like is wouldn't this be fun? But it's a pretty good version of that. Yeah, uh, I definitely was exhausted when I finished reading it. I was like, woof, that was like a lot. Who's the big She-Hulk universe looking entity that goes with Eternity? So Eternity is the Marvel personification of the universe. And then he's oh, like, yeah. I don't know, kissing a big green She-Hulk universe. And he Why are you calling it She-Hulk? She looks like She-Hulk. Oh, I, I don't know. Uh, I think she's just meant to be the. I think that was just meant to be the Marvel universe and the DC universe. Right. It definitely, it yeah. definitely was meant to be yeah. that. But the blue one is Eternity, who has shown up in like, you know, the trial yeah. of Reed Richards and stuff. And I don't know the DC cosmic characters as well. I know there's like a big hand that holds the universe from the green uh, Ganthet's hand or something like that from the Greenlander, which maybe isn't a panel of this. But I don't know. Like it is. It is. It's in a couple of panels. Yeah. I DC's don't know the got, DC. Like, you got the Specter and the Phantom Stranger. There's, yeah. there's an old Swamp Thing where Swamp Thing has to go down to hell. And so he goes through all these like uh, strata of reality and he meets a lot of the cosmic characters yeah. on his way there. I was thinking Alan Moore would do a pretty good job of Avengers JLA. He would. He'd he be very different. He would probably want to. He wouldn't uh, want to, but he would He would do some sort of trippy cosmic thing. Alan Moore's the guy who sits in the corner going, ah, superheroes are so passe. Why does everyone know it? And then he's like, well, Iron Man wouldn't say that. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, like, well, Phantom, Phantom Stranger in issue two of Neil Adams' run indicated that he has a ranch house or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He like just knows it better than anyone. I was like, yeah. wait, do you not like this or do you like this more than us? Um, Moore, you want to do JLA Avengers? Only if the protagonist can be werewolf by night. You know what? We'll get somebody else. That's okay. Uh, Thank you. I, uh, two interviews I read about this series. One was uh, three things, three quick little anecdotes that I've read recently about this series. One is that uh, George Perez drawing the cover for issue three, which is like every character fighting every <laughs> other character. Uh, oh no. The third issue is like just every character, like flying. Uh, it's insane. It's like 50,000 characters. <laughs> uh, he's, he like strained his hand and <laughs> fell behind in drawing. And he was like, so upset. He's like, Oh, everyone's going to be so mad. The fourth issue is going to be late. And I'm like, 
And I think it was like Tom Brever was like, it's amazing you got the first three issues in on time. Look at these comics. <laughs> this don't get mad at yourself for being late in the fourth one. Pat yourself on the back for getting the first three done on time. And yeah. look at this cover you just drew. Yeah. You of course you hurt yourself, you yeah. idiot. Howard the Duck was late a bunch. <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. Uh so like that's really funny to me. The um the cover for issue four is Superman holding Captain America's shield and Thor's hammer. Yes. And before a, they a had a st- before they had the story that was decided as the cover for issue four. <laughs> like, well, that's going to have to happen at some point. Um, it was kind so- of a neat thing where Ca- Superman picks Captain America to lead the United faction of JLA yeah. and Avengers. But it's almost like a trade off. But then Superman gets to hold the shield and the hammer. Not, not he- it's, it's not like a deal, but like those things happen in the same issue where it felt like parody. Yeah. Between the two, like yeah, yeah, heads of the companies or whatever. Like, it's very funny that he would have a shield that's indestructible when it's like well, you are indestructible. <laughs> yeah, you are better than the shield. <laughs> but it it also looks cool to see him holding it. Um, there's also a, a, a well. I'll get back to my third anecdote in a second. But there's also like a fun explanation of how Superman can hold the hammer, and then later on he can't pick it up. Yeah, and Thor has an offhanded thing where he basically says like, "Oh yeah, under like." Desperate times. He's like, only people who are worthy can hold my hammer, but my dad's not an idiot when he made an enchantment. Like, if the time is right, a good person can pick it up. And that explains why, like, Captain America's picked it up a few times. And just, like, all the times other than... um, Beta Ray Bill. Other than Beta Ray Bill, there's, like, kind of a built-in excuse, like, oh, yeah, those are extreme moments where you could pick it up. But Captain America, in my mind, can't pick up the hammer anytime he wants. Yeah, it has to be, be needed. important. That, yeah. that, that's not MCU cap. That's just my feeling about comic books because of that panel and this issue. I was like, that makes sense. That's a better it, it explanation. Could, it, it doesn't cheapen all those times that it's happened. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, what was my other anecdote you have an about anecdote. this? Um, the cover of Ranger's hand. They, I knew they were going to do the fourth issue. Oh, the, the one's weirder. I guess the, the third issue, Tom Breverett has often referred remark that he is disappointed with it and Kurt to a lesser extent is disappointed with the third issue because apparently they had a different storyline that had more Hal Jordan and more Barry Allen and they were told they had to do less of those characters because they were dead in the DC universe at that time and they were like do more Wally and Kyle Rayner those are the guys and so they had to kind of rewrite that whole issue and they weren't happy with what they came out with though I can't tell I think the third issue worked. I can't tell you but I can but you know part of that third issue is that Barry Allen and Hal Jordan step up and help their old team. So maybe that was just a more pronounced arc. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really fun moment there at the end when they kind of see what their future is. And they know they're going to die. And they sort of like, I would have loved one more day to like have a barbecue with my friends here or see my family one more time. But all right, that we do. This is what we do. And they kind of like. They have to decide basically to destroy, to die, to go back to a world that is worse for them. Yeah but better for everyone else for the billions on the planets. Yeah. And that's a fun moment to always have. That is a days of future past type thing. Like we might be killing ourselves by not making this world exist, but that's, it's better if this world does not exist. Um, so yeah, all that stuff is fun. I, I, we don't need to go more into it than that. I think it's just, I hope it becomes, I hope it gets re-released again at some point. I think it will again someday. It'd be nice if it was because of George Perez come out and just always be for heroes initiative just like always yeah. be for that it should just let it be for that it should be an evergreen title um it's so good and it's also just like it holds up i think like 
I think someone who watches the movies could read this. And even though Will's so baffled by an experience of Firestorm, everyone else is going to be able to understand it. Will is confused. It wasn't more Wolverine. I mean, from my point of view, there was a lot of Wolverine. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's Avengers. Will, anything left to say on that? Kurt Busiek's good, and I'm glad we're talking about him. Um, Next episode, we're going to talk about Superman's secret identity. I don't know if that's on DC's um, uh, Infinity or whatever they call their their app. Uh, I hope it is. It's great. I think it is in print. So uh, Superman's secret identity is what we're going to talk about next week. Do you want to do a couple emails or you yeah. want to call it? All right, let's do a couple. How do you email us, Will? So if you want to send us an email, you can email us at screwitcomics at gmail.com. And please do send us an email. Um, let us know what you think about uh, the Avengers or Kurt Busick's Avengers or Kurt Busick in general or George Perez crossovers. Anything you like. Correct us on the many facts. I'm sure at least I got wrong. Um, and, uh, and let us know. We also have a, an Instagram account, screw it comics. It's really great. And I highly recommend you follow it. If you're interested at all in this podcast, screw it comics, Instagram is I think a necessary companion. And Hey, if you want to be super fans, we got screw it recent and screw it Spidey on Instagram also, and screw it comics on Twitter. All right, Kevin, take it away. Uh, Justin bridge, uh, email to make another push for us to do squadron Supreme. Uh, as well as New Warriors and Keith Giffen's Legion five years later storyline. Mm-hmm. Appreciate the suggestions. I'm most intrigued by the by Squadron. Yeah, I think that's the most likely of those three. I, I, I love Keith Giffen, but I don't think we're going to cover. I don't think we're the guys to cover any Legion stories. But we're not gonna we're not gonna leave out the possibility. No, I mean I love Keith Giffen enough that I'll cover anything that he, especially when he draws it like that. This is an old email we got from Alan, who's written us a few times. But we had been talking about which rogues gallery was better at one point. Well, Batman or Spider Man or Superman. Um, and he brings in he the idea of mapping uh, the the Batman's rogue gallery to Spider Man's rogue gallery. Okay, like who are the so closest like analogs? Green Goblin and. Wait, Batman, so Joker and Green Goblin or something yes, like that. Yes, so right. So that was one of his. He's like, Green Goblin, the Joker, similar uh, color palette. They're both sort of laughing, smiling characters and also arch enemies. Doc Ock to um, Penguin? Doesn't doesn't quite work. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't think this is as easy as like one-to-one type things, but it's fun to think about. Like, who is Batman's Doc Ock? Who is his... Like, Joker is sort of like this primal thing and green goblin i would say is closer to that but who is his okay lizard and two-face go together from the uh same cloth yes lizard no i think lizard and uh killer croc aren't they oh yeah lizard and yeah right right. i was gonna say like the was good and became bad or lizard really in man bat oh yeah okay that's the exact same thing okay great uh cat moment and black cat can we get spider-man in here i mean those two are yeah i mean that's those are yeah those are the exact same character Uh, probably Doc Ock's probably Two Face, right? I mean, does he have any like, like gadget building scientist bad guys? Doc, Mister Freeze? Yeah, Mister Freeze feels more like it's more emotional. It should be Electro. like more of a tragedy. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I, I, Electro doesn't have that tragedy, but just like blasting a, a an element at your face. <laughs> Maybe Kingpin and Mister Freeze. You know the obsession with, oh, the, yeah, yeah. with the ex-wife. He lists Kingpin to Penguin because they're mob bosses. That makes sense. He does Lizard and Man Bat, Black Cat and Catwoman. He does Venom and Bane. Okay. Uh, 
can sort yeah. of see that. Craven and Rachel Ghoul. It's a bit of a stretch. Uh, which he says, actually, this is a bit out there, but hear me, vaguely foreign, though still white enough, even though they live in Africa and East Asia, uh, with distinctive facial hair, a coat of honor, and who gain magical power from magical liquids. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a stretch, but it's a fun one. There's something there. Uh, he does Rhino to Killer Croc. I like that comparison. That's pretty good. Uh, he, he, the Enforcers to Question Mark. There's no one. <laughs> Batman wishes he had an Enforcers to pair off. Maybe, maybe like clock king or calendar man or like just someone who's kind of like weirdly arbitrary or something i think there were like some weird like one-off or two-off characters like not the terrible royal, royal flush gang maybe yeah uh something like that yeah uh sandman oh sandman clayface yeah there's shape-shifting yeah anyway it's fun to think about the rogue galleries are very fun i don't think it's one-to-one but i think there's certain ones that definitely feel like cut from the same exact cloth that's for sure egghead to the impossible man you're a, you're a huge egghead guy. Anyway, uh, let's do two more. Okay. Uh, well, three more. This is a nice one. This is not a question. This is just a nice email from Derek Snyder. I just wanted to send you a quick thank you for covering the X-Men issues. It's a long time, but now lapsed collector. It's been super enjoyable to hear the Claremont issues being covered. I started collecting around issue 186. And apparently I chose well as I was instantly hooked. Ended up over the years amassing all but two issues of the entire uncanny run. But I haven't actually read these issues in 35 years. I've since grabbed the boxes and are slowly making my way through the Claremont issues in my free time. I've been enjoying talking with my girlfriend and her daughter about these stories and characters as well. Something about the perspective of the podcast with the two brothers has on me. Uh, thanks for helping to reignite the fire and keep up the great work, bringing not only the X-Men stories, but other classics to both old and new audiences alike. Uh, and that's a really nice email. I wanted to Thank you so much you. for that. Yeah. This is a Tony... Uh, uh, Tony Labra emails us every now and then and he had, he bought the uh, Born Again comics and he was sharing that with us well okay but then he uh, asked these couple questions here at the end and so I'm just going to share those with you what do you guys think about John Byrne trying to catch lightning in a bottle again with the X-Men the hidden years and Spider-Man chapter one I love Byrne's art but like Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko I gotta say his best work was when he co-plotted with great authors versus taking on the writing and drawing I'm not sure either of those series is worth covering in a future podcast, but if John Byrne drew it, I'm going to collect it, good or bad. Any thoughts on that, Will? I never I never really read those. I mean, John Byrne proved he could write stories with the FF run. It was incredible. Yeah. But I think it's more like if you've left a title and come back to it after a long period of time, it's it's really hard to to be as good at it as you once were. You're out of sync a little bit. So, and I think that's kind of true, whether you're a writer or an artist, or even if a team comes back, you just, you just, I don't know, your time passed for whatever reason. I'm more interested in X-Men, the hidden years, which seems more like an untold tales of Spider-Man type book. Cause it's like the X-Men, the years between what way. So when the book was in reruns, reprints, I think that's a fun idea. Spider-Man chapter one, which is like a retelling of an origin that was already sort of perfect. uh, It's probably a bad choice, but yeah. You didn't need to fix Spidey's origin. Yeah. That worked like gangbusters. I'm going to fix Casablanca. (laughs) Um, So yeah, a different topic too. He says, this might be a sensitive topic. You always start off the show by claiming you host the only podcast where two brothers talk about comics. Why not blow us? He thinks this is sensitive. Why not blow us away by inviting the third Himes brother and make it a trifecta? You'll instantly make the Guinness Book of World Records. You'll easily be recognized by iHeartRadio as the top podcast for the year. I think the third <laughs> Heinz brother is younger. I may not share the same passion for comics, 
So I understand if he never makes a guest appearance, much less co-hosts the entire show. Uh, we keep getting calls for Brian to do it. I don't know if Brian is sending these emails to us or <laughs> if they're real requests. I think but we should fun. have him on it. I think it'd point. be fun to have Brian on. Brian likes comics and we get along and it's not like a controversial or bad thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Let's do it. Uh, let's do one more. Mm-hmm. A few people emailed about Untold Tales. Well, uh, and a guy named Alex, a guy named David, and a guy named, uh, oh no, uh, a guy named David and Paul, not Alex, emailed okay. both to remind me, because I had talked about how the second half of Untold Tales had never been collected. Yes. There is an omnibus that collects the entire run of Untold Tales, and a m- number of people have emailed me and messaged oh. me, being like, this exists. And I Thank didn't God know about mis- it. Thank God you made a mistake, and I didn't. I feel so glad. I don't like omnibuses. They're too big and unwieldy for me. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I just sort of like pushed it out of my mind as not existing. Right. Uh, but it does 100% exist. <laughs> All right. Thank you, readers. Alex Anderson emailed me to shame me because I don't post uh, what's coming up on our next episodes enough on social media. He said I never did it. And I was like, oh, I did it here. But it was like two months ago. So it is. I should on social media more often say, here's what we're covering next week. And I don't do that enough. Uh, but I want to do one more email because I think you'll enjoy this. Okay. Uh, who would win in a fight between Morpheus and Freddy Krueger? I think Morpheus, right? Because Morpheus is the lord of the domain in which Freddy is a rogue actor. It might be that Freddy could hide from him, but I, I don't think Freddy could hurt Morpheus, but he might be able to evade Morpheus forever. Uh, so. And then he wants to know what, what do you think? Daniel Hall, the second Morpheus yes. versus Freddy. Does that change? The, <laughs> I think the, it the... doesn't change. He's a, he's a more compassionate and warm incarnation uh, of dreams. He might try, he might befriend Freddy. That's it for today. Uh, we have got a handful more, so maybe we'll cover some more next week with Superman's Secret Identity, which you have not read yet, right, Well, No, I'm excited to, though. Oh, it's really good. You're going to hate other comics afterwards. Who's Superman? He is that green She-Hulky character you saw kissing Eternity. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't wait to find out more about him. So anyway, uh, come back next week, guys, for Superman's Secret Identity. I bet not enough of our listeners have read that. If some people have. They've certainly written and excited that we're going to talk about it. It's great. It's really, really good. And I think people are going to dig it. See you next episode. Bye. Bye. Screw it. Screw it.